therefore it really matters that we think about the impact that we want to have. And that's the difference between impact and purpose. Purpose is just an intent. You can have the best purpose statement in the world on your website as a company or as an entrepreneur, but what do you actually do to really live up to that? You can't stop with intent. You need to go for impact. March of 2020 was life-altering for the entire world. For Alex, it also included selling most of his belongings and moving across the world with his new baby and partner within nine days. Welcome to The Safe Haven. I'm your host, Amanda Lytle. The Safe Haven offers a collection of conversations about life's challenges and the pivots we make in order to keep moving forward. In the conversation today, Alex shares about grieving the loss of his dad as a new dad himself, some of the biggest life lessons that he's learned in his new role, and what settling into life in Vancouver has been like as of late. We talk about the ego in integrating work and life into one another, and Alex tells us all about his business and his upcoming book. Before we jump in today, I wanted to share that I've edited out the portion of the conversation where Alex and I started discussing the loss of his dad so that I was able to gently move into that part of the conversation. As usual on The Safe Haven, we start with a question about biggest life pivots. I think the biggest one is actually not too long ago, going back maybe one and a half years um, into March, 2020. You gotta imagine I have like, at that point in time, six week old baby. Our first child was just born six weeks before that. My father has died eight weeks before that because of cancer way too early in his, in his mid-60s. And um, my girlfriend calls me. I'm in Lisbon, in Portugal, and tells me, you really got to be careful on your flight back home. This COVID thing is completely getting out of control. And I'm freaking out, like sitting on an airport in Lisbon, wanting to go home, which at that point in time, we we're talking about Nuremberg in Germany. So I fly home, I arrive there, we turn on the news and everything seems to go south. And what I mean was I just had gained permanent residence for Canada. So we had our flights booked um, to actually move continents. And um, at that moment, everything just came crumbling down because we realized that most likely there won't even be a flight anymore in April. So we called up Lufthansa and they confirmed that they don't think that the flight will be operated. We asked them when the last flight would be and they said tomorrow. And then I called Air Canada and was like, guys, when can you guys, uh, until when can you guys guarantee that there will be flights? And they said, we actually know that our last scheduled flight will be nine days. So within nine days, we cleaned out the apartment, sold cars and motorcycles and moved continents. And I I didn't believe until the last moment that we would actually make it. Everything was shut down. So just imagine one of the biggest airports in the world, Frankfurt, completely dark. Nothing is open. The only people you would see is military police walking around with machine guns. And you're like, do you want to shoot this virus or what what is this thing here? Mm. And it feels like a post-apocalyptic zombie movie. And you're somehow the snack in between. That's how it felt. I'm also adding in the fact that you're grieving the loss of your dad and carrying around a six-week-old baby. Yes, exactly that. I didn't sleep for nine days, basically. (laughs) My gosh, Alex. Okay, backing up, what was taking you to Canada? 
Love. Love. I mean, the best reason to move. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend is Canadian, so she's she's dual citizen. She was born here in the Vancouver area, and um, she really wanted to go back home mm-hmm. uh, for a le- very long time. And um, yeah, two weeks prior to COVID, we actually started to entertain the thought and made all the plans. Um, I was the managing director of a company in Germany at that point in time, so. You can't just drop the the gun, right? You need to plan for the transition, hire additional people, bring all stakeholders on board for the transition and actually plan it properly. And then the plan was brutally messed up. Yeah, big time. But now a year and a half into this, things are going really well in the lower mainland. You're enjoying it? Totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, we found a nice home here um, out in Maple Ridge, which is about 30 minutes outside Vancouver. Um, we've enjoyed a lot being around family here Mm -hmm. now that we are allowed to, um, we've used every opportunity to meet and, uh, just enjoy being here and, uh, seeing our son grow up in this environment has also been a great joy for us. Mm -hmm. So I want you to tell me about the business that you left and how you've transitioned to working over here. So the business that, that I've helped build over in Europe was a, or is a fairly successful business that helps large corporations get their head around the topic of strategy in all kinds of aspects, talking about business strategy or maybe HR strategy, sales strategy. So we help them set the goals and help them achieve those goals. And it's not only about the strategy piece. We actually bridged the gap between those typical strategy consultants that you would know. And then very often when they leave, things just don't really happen for several reasons. And one of the reasons very often is that the leaders in an organization, they're not necessarily there where they are because they are so good at designing and implementing strategy. They often become leaders because of a very successful career as a subject matter expert. For example, they were very successful sales reps. Then they became sales managers, sales leaders, sales directors. And all of a sudden, they are board members. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone expects them to have the absolute knowledge about how to design and implement a strategy. But that is just often not the case. So we help them acquire the necessary capabilities or skills in order to implement strategy fast and successfully. So when we've built this company... It was geared towards large organizations, and it still is. And I'm still working for that company now, more than two years out of my original role. But um, it is incredible to see how you can maintain a very deep and close relationship with your colleagues and with your ex-clients, some of them still clients of mine, even when you live on a completely different Mm -hmm. side of the globe. Mm -hmm. The, The human connections that we've built over that time they are so important for me personally, and they helped me through this time of isolation and working from home tremendously. Yeah, I find that you don't realize how important connection is until it's in jeopardy. Yeah, I would agree with that. Totally. Okay, so you're now still working for this company here remotely. Well, um, as a freelancer, yeah. So okay. I'm an entrepreneur, I run my own business. But the relationships I have with this company and with the people, um, you got to imagine... Many of them I actually hired and trained. So there's a very close relationship to them. And also with the clients that I've been working over the years, um, with some of them I still work. 
very close relationships over many, many years. I would actually say they are friends, um, many of them. So they are, they are way more than just a client or someone who pays a bill. These are people that um, I admire a lot, that I cherish a lot. And the relationships that I have with them, they mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely they would. And I'm curious too, you know, with with this stress and through grief and being a dad, moving continents, working as a freelancer, like there is a lot of change. How do you stay regulated in this space? That's a lot to navigate. Yeah, um, I actually don't. Mm. I don't even try to. Um, there is this concept of work-life balance never really worked for me. I started some years ago to call it work-life integration. Mm-hmm. So I work and live always at the same time. So when I sit on the sofa and an idea comes to my head, I would take out my phone and I would just take a note of it and um, then try to continue with my maybe private life at this point in time. Um, I try to get things out of my system, out of my head, write them down and revisit them at some point in time. But I don't artificially shut down my brain. It just doesn't work that way. If you're an entrepreneur, your brain is always thinking about your next step, how you can professionalize your offering more, how you can serve your clients in a better way. These are just thoughts that are always there. And they just come to you in the in the weirdest situations. And um, trying to um, shut out my family from my work life is the same. It just doesn't work that way. At any point in time, my door could slam open and a 20-month-old would stand here and laugh at me. Who am I to send him away? I mean, this is the most important person in my life. So I would never do that. I just try and keep a smile on my face in those situations where things don't go as I want them to go. And this is actually something I had to learn with a small child in my life. I never was able to really keep my cool in those moments when things go south. But now it's just like, hey, what's the worst thing that could happen? We could screw this podcast recording right now, but eh, I think Amanda would get it. We just, <laughs> we just pause and restart the question. <laughs> it's so true. Now you've just mentioned even just like, it sounds like a life lesson, even of just allowing things to go with the flow, especially now in the role as a dad. What are some other lessons you've learned in this new role? That it's just really not about me all the time. Mm. So I'm 43 years old, fairly old as a first-time dad. My father at that point in time had two adolescents around, like my brother and I would be in our teenage years already. Actually, I would turn 18 that year. So I'm kind of 16 years behind the experience my father had at this point in time in his life. And I really had to realize that there is more to life than just success, um, business success, to be more specific. And to have a great relationship and a good relationship with my parents, it's really about um, learning to balance the needs of people that are actually more important than myself, if that makes sense. I I think parents understand what I mean. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to become a parent to actually understand it and to get the concept. I always smiled at people that said to me, the best thing about becoming a parent or being a parent is that you understand it's not about you anymore all the time. And I was always thinking like, and why would I want that? <laughs> it's pretty cool if it's every it's, everything is about me. Like I decide where to go on vacation. I decide when to work, where to work. I basically decide most of the things in my life. So the moment you get this amount of control over your life, this amount of freedom of choice, it's hard to give that away. Mm-hmm. But um, if you really want to give it away, 
and to make space for something larger in life than just your own ego. Yeah, it's awesome. It's super rewarding. I love that you just said the word ego because there's the healthy ego and the unhealthy ego and you've just nailed aspects of the unhealthy ego that shifting perspectives will change your life. Have you ever read The Ego is the Enemy? Mm -hmm. Good book. It's a very good book, eh? When you check your ego, your perspective on everything changes and it's very humbling. It, It truly is. I'm still struggling with the concept that there is a good ego. I entertained this thought for about 10 years that there is a good ego. I'm not so sure about this anymore, to be frank, (laughs) because every time, the the moment I got rid of this concept, the moment I realized that I used the concept of a good ego as a scapegoat a lot. So I I rationalized around it. And um, I think just because it doesn't work for me does not mean it, it, it can't work for other people. I'm just, I got very cautious about rationalizing around ego. Mm. Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that for sure. I want to back up a little bit to the fact that you lost your dad eight weeks prior to March of 2020. You know, you've got a six month old, you're in this new role as a dad, COVID is changing everything, you're moving continents, like you have a lot on the go. And now you're grieving the loss of your father in another continent so far removed from what home has been. Mm. So tell me about how you stay connected to your dad through your grief. It's super tough to answer that question. Um, Brings up a lot of, a lot of emotions right now. Um, But I want to be as honest as I can. It's not really easy to stay connected Um, especially because I did not manage to hang a picture of him because every time I take it out, it just rips me apart. Mm -hmm. So I try to live in stories that I share with my son about his grandfather that he never got to know. And um, I'm sharing a lot of great memories with my girlfriend. So we talk about him Mm -hmm. and have a hearty laugh um, about the, the cool things we did together. And um, so in those stories, I try to to keep him close. And I talk to him from time to time, kind of knowing that he's around somewhere and trusting that that he's still guiding us. And, you know, we we lived in a in a high rise the first year here in Canada. Every time I would look out of the window, I would see I would see eagles. Mm. And um, I would just imagine that it's him Mm -hmm. just um, saying hi with a flyby, mm-hmm. waving his wings, yeah, watching over us. It's hard that I can't just hop in the car and drive to my mom's and just be in that physical space that he used to occupy. I think now it's the emotional space where we try to connect maybe the spiritual world mm-hmm. for the lack of a better term. Thank you for sharing that. Hey friends, The Safe Haven will be right back after this quick break. I can imagine too that there's so much to reflect on now in the role as a dad, having lost your own. My father was very young when I was born. He was in his um, mid-20s and um, he was an amazing father because he was just so lighthearted. He was never, uh, I can't remember that any moment that he yelled at us or was angry for a long time. He was such a lovely and loving human being. 
And um, I try to emulate some of these uh, behaviors, how he treated us. I just want to give the best, not try to be my dad, but take those things that I learned from him when it comes to raising kids. I try to use it to the best of my knowledge and pass it down to my son, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And um, my, my girlfriend really helps me with that as well. So overcoming my own ego patterns and anger patterns and trigger points has been a huge learning for me as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it also helps me to stay connected to my father, just being asking myself, what would your father do in such a situation? Right. Um, and sometimes I have the mental capacity to think before I act. <laughs> and it really helps. <laughs> I, I love that you can reflect on your own childhood in the process. Like there's, this is literally full circle. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I'm just trying. I'm just giving it the best <laughs> I can every time. That's all we can ever do is just do our best with what we have. So your son is going to be living in Canada. This is pretty exciting as well. And now with your role being a dad, you've got your partner, you guys are hanging out. This is great. Now business back to business, because obviously we've got to pay bills. So tell me now how this is shifting and how you're starting to establish roots for your family here in Canada. The good thing is that what I do or what I've been doing for a living um, for basically the past 15 years, mm. meaning working the strategy space, is a fairly universal business. So the rules of business are similar everywhere in the world, as long as you have an open market economy, right? So if we're talking about helping others get their head around strategy and understanding what they need to do in order to become better at it, I can do this here in Canada as well. And my clients, they are everywhere in the world. So it doesn't really matter where I sit. My business is focusing uh, right now more on helping small business owners and entrepreneurs to understand how they can use the best concepts when it comes to strategy development and use them for their own businesses. So basically debunk some of the myths that strategy is just for the big corporations but that there's actually a very straightforward process that you can use as a small business owner or as an entrepreneur to use the best ideas out there when it comes to business strategy and help use them to help grow your business. So this is basically similar to what I did before I moved to Canada, but we are now talking about a completely different target group, Mm -hmm. not talking about large corporations anymore. Um, We're talking about, individuals, solopreneurs, small business owners, like the mom and pop shop around the corner, maybe, or um, business coaches, online entrepreneurs, et cetera, et cetera. So what I actually do is I I help them through very different ways than I helped large corporations before. So we're talking about online courses, masterclasses, free toolkits that I give away on my website, just to help people understand how they can use business strategy to actually build a more profitable business. But something that I'm really passionate about is not only about building profitable businesses, but really helping people understand that they as entrepreneurs play a huge role in building a more just and more sustainable future Mm -hmm. focused on environmental protection, focused on fairness in our society and helping overcome some of the biggest struggles that we have as societies around the world. And um, it's about purpose and profit, about impact and being intentional about what it is that you bring to the game 
to the world something that is larger than just providing for your family. Even if that as such, I don't want to talk badly about that. Not at all. Um, often entrepreneurs are being depicted as the bad guys, you know, the money guys, the greedy guys. Most of us entrepreneurs went into business because of a certain passion and that passion goes way beyond money. So I really want to appreciate that. We need to make money, otherwise we run out of business. Mm -hmm. So it's really about balancing doing good and doing well at the same time. Mm -hmm. I just wrote down just purpose, impact, and intention. And I feel like those are some really huge pillars to stand on. Are those pillars that you had established in the business or that you've pulled through or that you've lived by or stand on or, you know, those are, those are some big things to weave into a business and into a life. These are the only ones that count. That's what yeah. stays. That's what build, that, that's what builds legacy. Mm -hmm. If I want to hand something to my son and to the next generation or something to Canada as a country or the society where I live in, in BC, it needs to be more than just money and taxes that I pay. Otherwise, mm -hmm. this is, would be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, early next year, my new book will be released. And in the writing process of that book, I realized that there is so much more inside me when it comes to what I truly believe in that I, I'm not willing to compromise on anymore. If I support people, if I support large organizations and entrepreneurs in becoming more successful, it can't be about profit maximization. It needs to be about a full circle view, understanding that as a corporation, we consume, or as entrepreneurs, we consume input factors. We consume fresh air. We consume fresh water. We consume fish. We consume whatever we, we, we put into our bodies, right? We can't just take. We also need to give. Mm -hmm. And if we understand that it's not just about short-term profit maximization, so basically a bit less I and now and a bit more we and then, mm -hmm. if we all apply that mindset to a certain degree, we don't take more than we need. Mm -hmm. We just, I, I never understood why we celebrate the Elon Musks of that world. Why we put those people on a, on a stand that acquire more than, 50 generation can spend mm -hmm. and then waste it for flying to Mars, right? Mm -hmm. Things like that, never, I, I never really got it. The money that Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos spent on their recent uh, space flights, if, if you had taken that money, you could have ended world hunger. It's true. And, and, and just get your head around that. Mm -hmm. We're spending money on things that might be interesting, and might even be important at some point in time, but basically we're talking about pet projects of some super rich people. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I love about the Giving Pledge, for example, where super rich people commit to spending the largest part of their fortune while they are alive on causes that really matter, mm -hmm. like ending poverty, providing better education, mm -hmm. building more fair, more just, more healthy societies. When I talk about impact, I, I really don't talk about those big, big things that we can do. Yeah. I talk about what, what I can do as a human being in the community where I live and just raising the awareness about what's going on, educating myself about what's going on out there when it comes to environmental protection, when it comes to 
societal issues mm -hmm. that count that help us. We can either overcome those or can contribute to making those things worse. Mm -hmm. and, and we need to take a decision. As a human being, I need to take a stand on that. As enterprises, as corporations, we need to take a stand on that. Mm -hmm. um, if you take a look at the Black Lives Matter movement, those companies that did take a stand, they benefited from that. And those who chickened out and behaved like cowards, we are in the age of the informed consumer. I take a conscious decision about from mm -hmm. whom I buy. That's right. Therefore, it really matters that we think about the impact that we want to have. And that's the difference between impact and purpose. Purpose is just an intent. You can have the best purpose statement in the world on your website as a company or as an entrepreneur, but what do you actually do to really live up to that? You can't stop with intent. You need to go for impact. Yeah. The passion in anyone's voice, the passion in your voice when you talk about intention and intent and impact, like that is it. That's fire. <laughs> yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, I can tell, which makes me so curious about your new book. The book will most likely be published in the first quarter of 2022. So that's what we're aiming for. But uh, as a conscious person, I am totally aware of the fact that I am not a good publisher. So I'm not publishing myself. <laughs> I was lucky enough to find um, a great literary agent, um, the Rights Factory um, out of Toronto. They um, took my book under contract and they are dealing with all the publishing stuff. So I can deal with, with the things I'm good at. Um, so the, what the book is all about, it is about building a business that, first of all, is rooted in purpose and in the desire to make the world a better place, while at the same time being clear that we also need to make money to pay salaries and to provide for our families. So the book describes a framework I call the nine elements of organizational identity and then walks you step-by-step step through a process how you can actually bring those nine elements to life, how you can design a strategy, a business strategy. I'm really talking about a business strategy, not about a marketing strategy or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, how you can de design a business strategy that helps you build a successful business that is profitable at the same time as it creates positive change and positive impact. And um, I use the strategy process because it's such a powerful process in any organization because you use the best brains in any organization to create that process. Mm -hmm. And um, you don't want to do that kind of disconnected from your purpose as a company or from the topic of capability building and learning. So you need to connect all these things. And the only process in an organization that has this connection and reach is your strategy process because it touches the core of your business. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to use that process, that strategy process, and weave in the people elements, the learning elements, those things that are truly, that, that we truly care about, then you're building a strategy that goes beyond just making money. Inherently, the entire process becomes purpose-driven and impact-driven rather than just profit-driven. Mm -hmm. So it helps you create a future-proof business that is doing good while doing well. Mm -hmm. This is awesome, Alex. And I wish you nothing but the biggest successes with the release of this book. So will it be something that we can buy online? Yeah, the book will be available everywhere. So hard copy, Kindle versions, you name it. I have my three safe haven style questions. You ready? Yes. What are you most proud of? 
having understood that it's not always about me and challenging myself to learn and grow as a as a human being mm. i think when i realize where I've, where i come from as an angry teenager and uh, what i've what i've became i have to thank a lot of people along the way for helping me see who i am and who i can be for bearing my tempers and uh, yeah just for for sticking with me for sticking around and not letting me drift into some dark space where i fortunately not ended up what would you like to be known for i believe that if the people that i touch during my life from a business perspective if they start thinking about business more holistically and thereby start building more impact driven businesses i've added my two cents for a better world and if you had a message for everyone listening what would it be that there's hope even in in those moments when you feel like the world is completely coming down on your shoulders i realized in that in those moments especially in march 2020 when i had to move my family overnight from one continent to the next in the midst of a pandemic i realized how much we are actually capable of i never thought i could do something like that to be honest mm-hmm. and um i think it's only after we achieved something we did not believe we could that we realized that this was not even the limit because apparently i didn't crash mm-hmm. apparently i did not burn out there is something in such moments that help us realize what our potential truly is mm-hmm. and i guess i'm not really there so there is hope um, even in those moments definitely alex where can people find you online best place to find me is my website alexthestrategist.com there are all the social links um if you want to connect with me on instagram linkedin you know all those platforms mm-hmm. um you would find the social links there and there's tons of free stuff on our website for you to explore from blog articles to ESG library to free toolkits you can use to start getting ahead around strategy and and use it for your own business the website is the best way okay thank you so much for this conversation thank you amanda for having me and for asking those questions that help your guests explore more than just the surface Alex, thank you so much for joining me as a guest on the Safe Haven. I'll look forward to updates about your book and your business as we move forward. To everyone listening, I recognize the privilege that comes with my platform, and I am committed to creating a safe, brave, and inclusive space with intention. If this episode has hit you right in the heart or inspired you in any way, please screenshot the screen while you're listening, send it to your friends, and share it in your Instagram stories. Please be sure to tag us at the Safe Haven podcast so we can personally thank you for it. If you're able to write a review or leave a juicy 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts, that really helps this podcast grow. For more great podcasts, check out frequencypodcastnetwork.com and I will talk to you next week.